and welcome to the Junkyard Love Podcast. Welcome, people of Earth. I'm happy you are here. It's me, your host, a green bean. Today, we have Crystal Diamond on the podcast. We talk all things growth, all things changing, all things artistry, uh, social media, influencers, learning from your mistakes, uh, honoring yourself, accepting growth. It's great. We talk so much great stuff on here. I hope you enjoy the episode. If you do, make sure you share it. Make sure you like. Make sure you follow. Make sure you leave a review if you have some time. I appreciate all of that. If you want to stay posted on what's going on in the world of Junkyard Love, um, in the uh, creations of what I'm creating as my alias, Jacob from the Internet, follow me on Instagram, Jacob from the Internet. I usually keep the podcast updates there. Um, I post clips there. I post trailers for the podcast there. So check that out, Jacob from the Internet on Instagram, and also check out Crystal Nyman as well on Instagram. Cheers, guys. Hope you enjoy the episode smoking like had to get rid of it nicotine's a hell of a drug though yeah 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 it's just so addictive like you quit cold i felt like the first time i quit smoking cigarettes it was i went like six months without smoking and then it was on my birthday and i was like i'm gonna have a cigarette when i'm out and then quitting after that it's i mean you're like you have a pack so you're like goes from smoking when you're drinking to like you're like oh, i'll have one yeah you're like, like I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna throw away the pack yeah <laughs> Yeah, but no, it's it's good. The vape, I don't know how I feel about it, but it's better than a cigarette. So that's kind of how I feel when I buy um, like all my cookies or something. And I'm like, oh, I'll spread this out for a few days, and then like, oh, yeah, no. way, I'm like, I'm I'm killing this box for sure. I know. That's we had um, some friends over for Super Bowl, and we have so many like chips and snacks and things, and it's like you have them, and you're like, oh, I'll just like dabble, and then you're like, no, that bag is gone. I'm going ham. Well, yeah, yesterday Will was like, where's that nacho cheese? And I was like, I put some in a bowl and then I was like, get rid of it, get rid of it. He's like, well, you threw it out, it was perfectly good. He's like, you waste so much food. I'm like, fuck, no. I know, well, dude, I do the same thing though because I'll I'll enjoy it at first or I'll, you know, overindulge from shopping or whatever. And then, like I said, I think I'm spreading it out and then I'm sitting there eating the whole fucking bag and I just can't stop. So a lot of times I'll literally just throw away the last half right of the bag. Yeah. It seems wasteful, but I don't know. What are you going to do with the bag? Better, yeah, frozen time. Um, Hey, when was the first time that you, do you remember the first time that you smoked a cigarette? Yeah, it was actually in high school. Yeah, it was, was uh, it like at a party or? Yeah, I had um, people up at my house actually, and it was a camel Turkish gold. You remember the type. Yeah, and then you know what was actually, really, I remember going up and visiting uh, my friend Mary in Seattle, and she had the, it was like a, camel pack but it was black pink and teal hmm. so appealing where you're like oh i'm gonna smoke that it was like a light menthol i thought it was so cool too isn't that funny how the companies play to like oh my god you know young people like pretty colors that was a cigarette for like young girls for sure the young girl cigarette now now everybody smokes the jewels i feel like the i hope that we don't learn that you know they're worse for us in the long run but it seems i don't know it, it seems better it's like, yeah. there's not like that heat going directly to you. Well, I think too, like, of course, we're always going to find new things. Um, 
and you're always justifying your vices, right? But, right, right. Um, I think, so I smoked the jewel for a long time and that was good. Cause like I stopped smoking the cigarettes and it's crazy. Cause I actually, um, my boyfriend, Will, his younger brother, he's in high school. And like, that's the one who I saw it from. Like every, he's like half the people in high school smoke it. Mm-hmm. And so he's the one who got me started on that. So I smoked the jewel and then there was all that stuff. Like, do you remember when it was like vape, you know, people are in the hospital for vapes and all this stuff. Yeah. Which yeah. I I, looking back, I'm like, was that the beginning of COVID? Um, oh shit. I didn't even think about that. Right. So there was that scare with that. And so I was like, all right, I have to stop the jewel. And so I'd stop the jewel. But then the next thing you know, I'm like, I have my American spirits back and like doing hair, you can't smoke and do hair. It's just like, you can't be smelling like a cigarette and like up close with someone. So it's like that balance of, all right, like, do I really want to smoke? But you, I mean, you get off work and you're like, that's what you look forward to is a cigarette. Um, but I feel like I've like dabbled back and forth, but they made those like puff bars now. And so I like looking at, I'm like, the puff bars are terrible. Cause that's like, it's in a plastic. First of all, like the waste, like you're wasting so much just plastic cause you use it once and then you throw it out. But the jewels like, at least you're are using the smaller things. But again, so I was trying to quit the jewel. So then you're like, okay, well, I'll just buy a puff bar. Kind of like the indulging with the chips where it's like, this is going to limit me. You know, this will be it. Um, but those, I would feel like when I'm working out, like you would feel them in your chest. So hmm. I think with stuff like that, where it's not regulated, I would like compare it back. I'm like, okay, well, at least jewel is like a regulated thing. Um, and then I more recently have switched to the SORN, which you buy like the salt nicotine and you can get like a lower dose. So I think as far as like trying to quit something, that's probably the best way because you can actually monitor the amount of nicotine that you're getting and you know it's what's like going on. Yeah. And it lasts so much longer. There's not as much waste, like your device lasts longer and then it has like a coil that you switch out. So, huh. so I had a, I, I had a uh, PAX pen, which was, it was THC in mine. Uh, this is a while back ago, but it was, I remember the coolest part about it was um, it, had, it was connected to an iPhone app. It was connected to Bluetooth. And so you can set like your temperature settings, you know, based off of like what your it was a session, I think they would call it. Yeah. Um, and basically it was good because I would notice, you know, just like just like we would all do, you know, when it comes to cigarettes or or vapes or, um, you know, you know, the THC pens, whatever. It's almost kind of like if you're getting stressed out or you're nervous, you're like, say you're at a social setting, you step mm-hmm. outside, you're going to be like, you know, like right. you're getting your, your breath of fresh air, so to say. And uh, I really like the the Paxpen because the app, I would notice that I would like stress smoke it. Like I would be getting anxiety. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to try to get really high to what, I don't know, whatever was in my head. And so on the app, you could set it to be like 60 seconds and then the thing locks. Oh, wow. You can't just sit there if you're stressed out, just outside for five yeah. minutes, like if you set your little session time. So that was kind of cool. You know, I we got it. We have all these really cool, you know, updated technology and these cool, wow. cool new ways to get, you know, a little bit of altered states of consciousness or reduce stress or reduce like all these things, you know, the the craziness of the world. It's it's kind of cool that technology changes, changes along with it. And we could slowly like wean off or kind of control our vices to some extent, I guess. Again, that might be justification, but. No, I get that. Um, I mean, that's like the double, double-edged sword too, where you're like, so much technology is so nice. But then like I was watching um, Judas and the Black Messiah the other night, um, which very good movie, highly recommend. Um, 
but we were just talking about like times were just so different and with that actually netflix has a movie chicago seven so we watched the two of those and we're like back then it's just so crazy because you don't have like the instant technology and the social media and stuff where messages are you know shared so quickly um but talking about that too i feel like we're just so much more fast paced now because we do have technology and all this stuff like it's like you constantly want like it's feeding the you know, and I feel with that, like you have anxiety and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. I'm like, sometimes I wish I grew up in the 70s and then you see what was really going on. And then you're like, okay, like at least we're like, you know, able to become more aware and talk about these things that have kind of been just pushed along, mm-hmm. you know. And we we're talking like they uh, cover the Vietnam War and how like we weren't supposed to be there, you know, and it's just interesting you know, how things have changed, but technology, I feel like is giving a, a forefront to people to be able to kind of spread their messages and stuff like that. So, right. Yeah, it, it definitely has. I mean, I, I think, I, I think our, our generation, like really thinking about how much I, I always try to rephrase this and I always try to find like the correct phrasing because I don't want to sound like, oh, we know more than our parents by far because it's yeah. not necessarily that. I mean, I get, but like if you do want to quantify sheer information, like how much information is oh, shoved yeah. into our brains, like me already this morning, I was up at, I don't know, 745 and right away I'm like listening to, to like YouTube lectures and I like listen to multiple things. I listen to that the ass end of a podcast as I was just showering. Like we're always inserting new information, new perspectives, and those new perspectives who are people talking now, like um, like they're also kind of younger people who who grew up in, in this era, they're also doing the same thing. So the flow right. of information, the flow of like new thoughts, new ways of being, knowing information, like it's, it's almost, um, it's beautiful, but it can be crippling in a sense too, I think, totally. like totally. knowing everything. I, I mean, there's almost something I think about the like when you're walking down down the street and you know there's a homeless person and you kind of like because you can't just like you know withdraw all the money from your bank account every time you see a homeless person and give them their money to get you know back up on their luck but there's almost other layers of stuff like that where we walk past a homeless person we kind of have to deny our inner humanity we also almost have to deny like like when I'm eating a tomato, I have to kind of not think about the fact that it could have been like child slavery uh, yeah. way across the world. You know, there's just so much information that comes with everything that we're doing that we almost have to like choose to block some of it out in a way. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting that you brought up the homeless thing too, because um, obviously I work in Center City, so in Philly, there's, you see a lot of that. Um, but I had the thought the other day, honestly, like two days ago, I was leaving and there was a guy outside. He's like, Hey, can you help me out? And like, you know, he really looked like he needed some help. And I, when I first moved to college, I got played by so many people. Like I saw a woman and she gave me this story and I'm like, like, didn't have hardly any money and gave her like $5. I see her the next day and she has a different story. I mean, it was like cancer the first time. And then it was her boyfriend's beating her. And I'm like, Oh, but I had the other day, I had just the thought, cause he had asked me and I really didn't have any like cash on me. And, you know, we always talk about cash is king. And I think with technology and things moving, I'm like, so at what point are we going to be like, everything's digital. And like, when you want to give someone like some money, you just like bump your phones together and like transfer your money, you know, like things like that, where I'm like, I feel like as much as it's like, you don't think that it could go there. And that's a possibility of like, 
you know, everything becomes so digital. Yes. Yeah. I mean, where we are, our generation, broad, broad blanket stroke there, our generation is like, like we're really having to figure out very quickly how to deal with all this technological change and like it's changing us like literally who humans are who the who the human species is and what we're capable of and what we're capable of knowing and and how i mean the fact i've said this before the fact that right now on this podcast i could if i knew someone you know in china i could just chime them in and they can turn their phone around i see exactly what's going on in china right now like that's pretty crazy compared to like we're do we're just the thing that came after apes like what the hell we're able to see a portal across the world now I know. I think with that too, there is like a bit of anxiety. Like for instance, with me, with um, my career path, like a huge thing of it is having to have some sort of social media presence because, you know, you got to get yourself out there. And like, I have so much anxiety about, you know, originally deciding to do the podcast because I just feel like I'm, I mean, not super uncomfortable because I'm talking to you, but like, if I were to just have to like talk to my camera, like, and give tutorials and things like that. I'm super uncomfortable talking to no one, you know? So it's been a huge thing. I was listening to a podcast the other day. Um, It helps like stylists with the whole business side of things. And they were covering social media and like where you need to be putting the most of your time and things like that. And, you know, I have this extra layer of anxiety that is kind of, you know, debilitating in the sense of like, okay, you got to tear down that wall and like stop being fearful of this because that is, you know, a next step for you to be able to, you know, share what you know. And, you know, there's so much knowledge about little things. I was blowing out my hair today. I'm like, you know, people don't know you can do this trick or that trick. And, you know, there is knowledge to be shared and it's just kind of getting rid of that fear of, you know, putting yourself out there. Also too, I think like being the center of attention, I have a hard time with that. Like, I do so many um, weddings and things like that. And the more I do, I'm like, I don't want that day where it's like all about you. Tension's on you, you know, like that's what I mean. Like, you know, we can have like a party and stuff, but I don't want it to be like centered around, I don't have a hard time with that side of things. No, I totally get that. And what you said about like kind of running your business, your brand, your like artistry on social media, that's super rough. I struggle with that a lot too, dude. Like, um, Yesterday, for example, I was listening to Gary V. I always try to like sprinkle in some Gary V, just because I get a little too ethereal. And sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, like I've got a, you know, I, I have to make money and I have, you know, business and, and like things like that. So I have to try to sharpen that. So I'll listen to Gary V. But yesterday he was talking about um, uh, LinkedIn, essentially. Like, mm-hmm. and I was just sitting there thinking that like low level level of anxiety just immediately like crap i'm not doing enough on linkedin crap i'm like gonna miss this whole wave great like i i'm missing out all these people are surpassing me in in this area of business and whatever it's it's really hard though because i feel like you, you might be able to relate with with this i feel like pretty fully because the when you consider yourself just like like an artist of sorts like i'm a creator or like yeah, yeah, I do DJing, but I'm also doing podcasts and I'm also like trying to put my thoughts out or I'm trying to whatever. And like, you're also designing people's looks. You're like, you're, you're drawing who they could potentially yeah. be. You know, it's yeah. like, it's so, it's so much artistry in itself. So, so sometimes I feel like the artistry or like the authenticity of what you're truly doing starts to get like just a little muddied and murkied when you're trying to throw in business and trying to make sure like, you know, like, like artistry doesn't always have that much to do with GDP, you know? I think it's hard to like, 
being an artist is just a tough thing. And it's like, it's interesting because I don't know, I feel like it's the same with like so many different aspects of art too, but it's like, as soon as you, like you're an artist, but then like at what point do you become a sellout where people want to label you like, oh, you know, and that's a tough thing. It's like, okay, well, if I'm now like making money or, you know, doing these things, it's like, oh, they're sellout. And it's like, well, that's actually a step in becoming successful. And, you know, and it's, it's tough. And I see a lot of um, conversation on social media now too. Um, there's this uh, stylist who's like calling out, like, she's like, I'm get invited to these like um, educational forums. And she's like, I get so discouraged because as soon as someone says something that like other people don't agree with, or they're doing something and they're like, oh, you rip that off of them. Or like, she's like, you know, you can't ever get ahead because there's always people tearing you down. She's like, so that's like a huge part. She's like, honestly, just stop inviting me because, you know, this is supposed to be an educational platform and all you guys are doing is just ripping each other apart. Mm. So it's tough. Like, I don't know. I think it, and it's the same thing with like tattooing. And I think the other hard part about social media too, is like, at what point are you like, going to put more into your social media than you are into your craft because like you can get really good at social media and like get the right angles or take the right lighting or you know do all these things but in person you're like oh my god I saw their work and that was like not what I expected so it's tough with that side too of like trying to be authentic and show a real you know image of what you are actually capable of so it's tough with that yeah, it seriously is. I think a lot of artists, are, I feel like a lot of artists can resonate with that. I mean, because, so I look back on my Instagram, I look back like when I was pretty much prim primarily just DJing, but mm -hmm. the way that I would, it's interesting how much time I would put into my social media, like compared to like what the benefits of me getting like all these cool like streetwear photos and like it is cool wow. and it's fun in itself and it is like yeah you're you're supporting your brand and you're like you know you're um kind of like taking over the role of like i guess i am some some form of influencer or or whatever we call those content creators now on social media mm -hmm. and i it's like w me going home and setting up you know taking an hour to like get the right angles and like get the right lighting and like oh what do i want to wear like if i want to change my shoes or something you know it's fun but like what if i spend that hour like practicing my craft of teaching yeah you know what i mean like yeah. so, so it's well, kind of I hard selling too, yourself yeah i think too like a big thing is there's times where i like look back on things i've done or like you know when you have the opportunity and you're like okay i want to do this for social media so often in those moments, it's like, I'm actually like the least satisfied or happy in that moment versus I'm like, damn, like, I wish someone was just here, like taking this video right now, because like, I just, I love that application. I love the way that I painted this, or I love the way that this turned out. And like, so often those like great moments that I have, I'm like, I don't have anything to show for it. And the moments where you know, I do get some image. I'm like, all right, that was like good, but it wasn't my best, you know? So it's tough with that too. Like trying to balance showing your art as well as doing your art. So. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, uh, capitalism mixed in with like the essence, the soul of, of a person trying to create like from like, I'm a human trying to make something that hasn't been done before, or I'm trying to push the right. edge of what, I have done before even 
Like it's, it's hard to match up like, oh wait, what does that have to do with late stage capitalism? <laughs> it's, it's. I think too, um, like a big thing that I have a struggle with is like, I want to, like I got into hair, it kind of whirlwind of a bunch of different experiences. And then like getting into this, I'm like, oh, like I knew I was supposed to do this. Um, but I also feel like it's tough because I, I don't know, like you're in the moment, like part of me doing this is like, I want to make people feel good. You know, I'm always there to make someone like the best thing for me, like gratification is not like, oh yeah, like that looked great to me. It's like how that person feels. And that person's like, oh my God, like, this is amazing. Like, I feel so good. Like, I wish I could go out right now. Like, that's, that's what I do it for. So it's kind of hard too, where you're like, I have to appeal on a, you know, behind a screen to show, you know, that this is what you can have, but it's hard to like show that, you know, so you have to appeal in a way where you want people to come to you. But I feel like, I don't know, it's kind of hard when you're like chasing likes and things like that. It's like, that's not what it's for. It's like, I want to make people feel good. So it's hard when it's coming from you that you want other people to feel that, you know, satisfaction or that, you know, getting those likes and things. Yeah. It's like when you, when you chase the wrong thing, like, I mean, you kind of have to chase that thing when you're posting on social media, but you almost Mm -hmm. kind of attract the wrong parts of what you were trying to get because because I mean there's no like as I'm just mindlessly say I wake up in the morning I'm mindlessly scrolling in my bed through Instagram and I see your posts it's gonna it's not going to make me when I see that I'm not going to say oh wow that person experienced incredible happiness joy like the confidence they had that day wow like you you obviously you don't feel that like it's not we haven't made that possible through our screens yet anyway so what what you see is almost what you're trying to sell and it's it, it's interesting because it's suddenly in this marketplace i mean i get social media is kind of an inherently a marketplace anyway especially nowadays but it's you're suddenly competing against people that you weren't trying to compete against right like now, now you're all of a sudden like oh well where do you rank against all the other hair people in the world you know, and you're like, I'm not trying to, I'm just trying to create what I specifically create from this, this little corner of, of my life and my world. And I want to make people happy. But when people see it, it's kind of, oh, we're comparing, you know, I, I actually see this, um, rappers is, is something I see this a lot with, which, you know, rappers get a lot of flack, but like these motherfuckers work hard on the gram. Like they, they go in and, and a lot of times I, I feel like I'll, I'll respect the heck out of them. Um, like be, and there will be people who are really good. Like I'm scrolling and get like a two minute freestyle. That's just fire. But yeah. they're comparing it. They're like, well, he, he ain't Eminem. And right. Like, what? Right. He wasn't trying to compare to Eminem. Like what about how good he is at what he does and like what he brings to people with what he has. We, we Social media accidentally makes us compare everything to everything else. Yeah. And I think too, that's a huge thing. And I talk about it all the time. I'm like, it's crazy to me that, like there's so many creative people out there, you know, like, and you can take it to any industry. I love to take it to music because, um, you know, before COVID, my, one of my favorite things about Philly is like, whatever kind of music you're into, you can find that music here, like live music. You can go to like a small little bar and get someone though, who's local, who's just playing. You're like, oh my God, like her voice is absolutely incredible. And it's just like, it's hard because you're like, how do it's hard to make that step to where you're famous. It's like, how can we as a collective world population, like we know certain names, like, 
And that makes sense, you know, they get it out, but how is there not so many more names that, you know, you get to hear on music? Like, how is it every day I'm not hearing a new song, like hearing something and it's just, it's hard to get to that next level where it's like, okay, like you made it, you're on that next platform. Like, so I think that's one thing that will be moving forward is, and we see it now, like with social media, um, like influencers, but there's like, I think at some point, and I think J. Cole has actually said this at, you know, that at some point there's not going to be famous people because, you know, there's so many people that can branch out and you can get this widespread, you know, where people know you or follow you and see your stuff. So at what point do we stop like idolizing certain people and there's a wider platform, you know, there's enough to go around for everyone. So hopefully at some point we can get to a place where you can share, but I guess it starts with us, like I'm saying, like, I don't like to step on social media and really push those limits and do those things because I feel like to do the things to get attraction goes against what I actually believe in myself mm -hmm. is like what you should do, you know, to have a happy and positive life. Like you don't need this fame or, you know, I'm never chasing. I don't need to be liked by everyone. I just want to make good, solid connections with the people that I do meet, you know? A hundred percent said beautifully. I like that a lot. I, yeah. I think, uh, I, I kind of wonder if, okay, I saw this Reddit comment a while. It was been a while back now, but, um, somebody was basically asking, I think it was before COVID. So they were basically asking what's different from when I was in high school that I, or what's something they were basically asking younger kids who are in high school right now, what's something that you experience now that I probably wouldn't believe or that was different from my day back in my day or whatever. And the top comment was, we don't really have clicks anymore. Everybody just hangs out with who they want to hang out with and like within their um, social community or, or mobile community. Like, so everyone's yeah. kind of connected through social media and like our avatars on there. And they said, there's not really much of clicks as much anymore. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And so I kind of wonder if maybe where fame is going is not like, there's not going to be so many household names where everybody in your house knows these certain people, right. you know, like there's, you know, we're going to know Ellen DeGeneres. We're going to know the weekend. Like there is going to be, you know, people who there is generalized, everybody knows about, but under one roof, it might be like, well, what mom is into is this stuff. And we don't know yeah. any of the people, but in her world, in her social, you know, mobile community, yeah. like that's a famous person to her. And then me, because I study, you know, motocross, I know the pop popular motocross guys. So maybe we'll just kind of fall more into our niches of who's popular for what we truly enjoy rather than just here's this person here's here's cardi b and everybody needs to love her you know right right yeah. i think too like with that generation of i mean i think we had like myspace that was like the big thing that came out like when i was in high school and then towards the very end facebook came up and i remember my cousin was like he's in college and he's like wait you have a facebook he's like you don't have a college email how do you have that um but like MySpace was our social, you know, outlet at that point. And I think now, like I do young girls, you know, who are in high school and they come in and like, you know, their friends are like, oh no, like she goes to a different high school. It's not about like who you go to school with or things like that. It's like, you have these different connections and, you know, they're always, always connected and they have all these different, you know, different groups and things that they do. So that is actually, I talk about that all the time though, with that, I feel like being connected to your phone all the time um, and having like social media be there when you're young and you're learning who you are, like feeling the pressure to post and, you know, be yourself, but then 
you know, getting like bullying and things like that. Like it's one thing to go to school and deal with that when you're trying to figure out like, who am I, what do I like? Um, but then to take that home with you and then have the, you know, constant, like, all know, on. You know, it's like a popularity contest all the time that you're constantly in. I feel like it's just gotta be so tough. Yeah, because we get kind of sucked into the avatars that we're trying to portray on here on social media. And, you know, uh, like we, we were just talking about MySpace. I mean, I, I would I loved MySpace. Like when it first came around, I, I wonder I just wonder I wonder how much it truly changed me. As in like if I had never gotten MySpace at those, you know, crucial ages of 14, 15, yeah. 16, whatever. I wonder like who I would be now. I wonder if I would care that much about social media now. I wonder if I would care about branding. I wonder if I would care about, um, I don't know, a, a lot of the things that I'm that I'm into now. It's almost kind of like our first little toe dip in the water. I would actually, I would, and again, this isn't a bad thing. I enjoyed it. This was seriously like fun. My friend, me and my friends would go like take photos like, oh, let's go down to the railroad tracks and take, you know, with our skeleton fingerless yeah. gloves and our eyeliner yeah. and take photos. And then like, but we would go start to do things outside that we could then take from outside and put online and now it's like made making our social social avatar and yeah. I, I think the answer to that though like i think the answer is yes like you would you would be the same it wouldn't you know change anything because i think that's why social media is so big because we realize like we as people we do like you know that gratification from other people we do like that you know feeding our ego if you will mm -hmm. um but it is interesting too, you talked about like going out and taking your pictures. I remember, you know, you go from MSN days where you're waiting for the computer to dial up and you get to sit and chat. Um, you're tying up the phone line. Your mom's like, get off. You know, can't get any phone calls. But that, and I remember when MySpace first came out, digital cameras. So my mom got me this digital camera, but you couldn't see, there was no like display, you know? So you're just taking random pictures and we would go outside and we would take, it would hold 16 pictures. So we take 16 pictures, plug it into the USB, load them up to the, or upload them to the computer. And then, you know, like, oh, I didn't like this. You go back out and take more. And then I just had my friend in from college, played uh, softball with me, did her hair yesterday. And we're like, oh my God, we used to go out and that's when actual digital cameras were the thing. And we would just go to a party for a night and we would take a whole album full of pictures and upload them to our social media or Facebook at that time. And I look back at the pictures now, I'm like, it's just crazy how much it has evolved in such a short time, honestly, you know, yeah, 10 years you, ago. And yeah. yeah, like you probably wouldn't post a majority of those photos now. But back then it was like you make an album for the night and that was how we did yeah. social media. I had to like hide all of them. I'm like, oh my God, there's so many pictures just like, you know, out college partying. And yeah, it's like when you get to your older, older age, you're like, okay, like I'm a professional now. I can't be having these college mm -hmm. photos be dug up. And you know, that's the thing too. It's like so much with sharing. There's so often, especially with like everything that we've gone through. Um, we've seen so many like huge events take place you know, uh, with racial injustice stuff and then like the capital riots and all this stuff. And you look at like cameras are everywhere. Like videos are always being taken. You know, there's, there's so much that like, if you are doing things that show your true character and you have, you know, these bad things that, you know, live within you, but they will be exposed. And that's something to, you know, it's good. And it's, it's, 
just like it's a wake up for a lot of people where you don't get to, you know, carry on and do these things without any repercussions because someone's always watching. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the absolute truth. It's it's kind of weird. We almost I always I don't like I don't think that we should self edit ourselves so much. Um, there's a balance there. I mean, there's I I think the camera or like noticing or realizing that a camera could could be watching you or could be like filming you is enough to wake up a lot of people and be like, oh shit, like I never really thought about what I said. I just said it. I never really thought about my actions. Like, like, of course those people said that it hurt their feelings when I said this, but they're just sissies. And now you got to be able to like, I, I wonder how that feels to a lot of these people when you know, they, they, they act crazy or, or they, you know, maybe not crazy. They, they act out of anger or they, they don't have a lot of emotional control. Um, They're yelling at people. I wonder how it feels to them to watch that video back of themselves, veins splitting out, red face. They're screaming at another human being. Um, I I wonder, I don't know. It's again, we're at this influx, this like mixing pot of technology, just like clashing all these things and basically saying, Hey humans, like here's all the things that you weren't noticing you were doing. Wake the right. hell up. And right. we're we're in a mixing pot of it. Right. I think it's really good. Like as as much as there's, you know, pressure in ways when we're using it for, you know, trying to it, it's good. You can share knowledge, but I think it's also like I think this year's been super tough, but I'm thankful that this year took place because, you know, certain little things like you reflect and get to see okay like what are people really experiencing what are people going through like where have I maybe turned my back or you know brushed it off like it's not that important or not even realizing you know what someone's actually going through or experiencing um so it's helped me to just have a better understanding I think with that you know I always find myself to be very empathetic for people and it's kind of pushing those barriers to go a little bit further and um you know, I think like the only way to make a better tomorrow is to, you know, talk about the things that are issues and, you know, there has been a really good, I guess, push in like what I see people sharing. Like for instance, um, I love the jewelry that I make. This is one of my clients. Um, she's awesome. And she has a really big social media platform. And uh, I've noticed since all the racial injustice stuff and, you know, human rights, equal rights, all of this, she's really used her platform to, um, you know, share these things that a lot of people don't take the time to think about. And like, it's just really enlightening. Like I find myself doing little side research or, you know, just reaching out to understand different communities that I've never taken the time to look at what they're going through or how they have been oppressed. And, um, you know, trying to do things like even as simple as like having a little conversation around it with someone who may have a different view. It's like you wake that next person up. So it does help to, kind of unfold and maybe hopefully you know push towards a, a better tomorrow yeah yeah i i think so too i think it, it's uh you know as much as the platform could be used for for negative things and there is negative aspects but it, there is a lot of positivity there too again it's you we now get to point out to people you, you have you have popular like, hey, we listen to your opinion. We like what you have to say, you know, especially when it comes to, I imagine as young people, they're probably looking up at influencers, like just waiting, like you tell me how to be, and I'm going to be it. And I'm going to try that on. I'm going to, I'm going to see if that works for me and see if that's a part of me, you know? So if we can, if, 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 you know, influential people and people with, with big followings can really, 
you know, say, Hey, this is important. And this is something, if you haven't ever thought about it, it's worth a few minutes. You know, there, there's so much it's again, like we were talking about at the beginning, there's so much information. It's hard to know like where I got this tomato from, and I don't want to feel guilty about the child right. flavory that when they picked it, but there, there is like a small, a good healthy amount of trickle of self-assessment of who you are and, and the things that you say. I mean, I, like we grew up in the same town and, and I'm still here, you know, I notice a lot of the things just by living in a small town, a lot of the things that I, that I didn't stretch my mind on until I, I went somewhere else or I visited somewhere else or I said the wrong thing in the wrong situation. I was like, Oh fuck. I never like really thought about why I said that. I never really yeah. thought about like why I would, why I would uh, interpret things that way. So it's important. Um, it's uh, it's also very triggering to a lot of people though. Like it's a, oh, like w- pe- people complain about other other, you know, influencers or whatever, trying to change, like, dude, just, just fucking post hair, man. Like what, you know, it's like, what, what are you talking about? Like, don't, we, we have to treat the social media thing and the human interaction, the human connection as it actually is not how we wish that it was, you know? And that there's so many industries. I actually just, that made me think of one of the um, trainers that I've worked with. He's super super open about you know political beliefs and things like that and he's not saying like hey this is how it has to be but he's like you know if he's experiencing something he sheds light and people will always be like man just stick to kettlebells like you know shut up like stop and he's like you know what honestly like you don't have to be here i'm choosing to share this like i i'm not making you stay like you know get lost so that's the thing you're always going to have like fall back with you know haters right you know always having something to say there's there's always the most negative people who want to say the most yeah i mean that's that's what i I think social media i I almost think social media would be better if we just delete comments and likes how about that seriously get rid of it get rid of follow count comments and likes and then give it a couple years i'm sure a lot of interest would be lost like people would be "Ah, there's no way to get popular i don't really want to do it but it would be interesting to see what kind of rises to the surface you know what yeah. just based off of you know views or just interest in it and not you know maybe people like it but that's for the algorithm to know i don't get to see the likes or something right, right. and that controls i like the idea of that that would like i don't know i feel like take some pressure off you know and i've never been the type like people like oh like i'm gonna delete this and repost it because it didn't get that many likes i'm like what does it matter you know yeah. like it's I, for me i like social media because that's my portfolio. Like, if you want to see my work, you can go to my page and you can view my work, you know? So that, that to me, I'm like, that's, it's not something that you have to print out and have this catalog of here's what I'm capable of. Like you can see what I'm capable of. So that's, what's kind of pushed me to be more active with that is, all right, show people, you know, what you can do. So that way, if they're, you know, considering getting their hair done, they have a something to, you know, consider your work as an option for them. And be like, if you ever move or go anywhere else, like you have this piece of your work, you know? So yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a portable portfolio. I, uh, Mike Posner recently, I mean, he's not the only one to do it, but he came out with like this, like, uh, like mixtape or, or EP before a single or something. Um, I might've sent it to you guys. It was like, it, it was pretty cool. But anyway, essentially what he did was it was kind of this artist move that at the beginning i was like i don't know how i feel about that and then afterwards i'm like this is savage as fuck he deleted everything from yeah. his social medias and unfollowed everybody yeah. and it, it was i i was really contemplating it because i i've commented on this before i i never liked when people did that i was like why would you do that that's a weird thing to do 
mm-hmm. but I think it was because I would be, I, I was like insecure about ever doing that on my own to my own profile. But now that, I don't know, I, I've, I've changed my perspective on it. Now I think that's the most like G artist thing you could do is just delete everything. Yeah, delete it all. Yeah. I actually, with his album, I liked at the beginning, the first time I went to listen to it, um, he had that little like segment. He's like, all right, if you don't have time to dedicate this where you can give your undivided attention, like don't listen. And so I was like, you know what? Like, I actually really appreciate that. I, I love music. I always have. I feel like that's been a huge part of our existence. Um, but I was like, okay, like I will actually set aside the time and, uh, New Year's Eve actually we're going up to, um, the Poconos, which is like the mountain towns of the East coast here. Um, and Lana was here visiting. So we were in the car and like, do you guys care if I put this on? Like I've been wanting to listen to it. So we listened to it on the way up to that. And, you know, like overall, the album, it was different than I expected, but I just, I really liked the, the raw, like exposure of it. Yeah. You know? it, it, it's, it's such art. Like it was really just a story. Like I was, I, I, I was involved the whole time. I was like, oh, like what's, what's going to happen next? But then you're also, you know, and then it comes to a song. So you're, you can enjoy the song and there's a beat and whatnot. And, yeah. but, he, but he's really trying to communicate a story that in the end communicates like a very real raw human emotion. And that, yeah. dude, that's such fucking art. Like that's just savage. That's what, you know, in this world of, of, there's probably younger people likely probably listen to more singles than they do albums just based yeah. off of our attention span and stuff. But there really is something, and even me, I listen to a lot of, a lot of singles too, you know, but there is something beautiful about an album and especially, you know, a little, you know, spoken word sort of artistic mm-hmm. poet, poetic album like that is yeah. really cool. Anytime I listen to a new album, I will always like make sure that my shop goes off and I'll start it the first song and then go through because I feel like a lot of times like you'll miss little things that are hidden with inside you know that's like either a story or you know a certain transition from one song to another where it's like a second of like oh like that flowed because of this like so I think it's important to like the first time I listen to an album to do it in order yes 100% I I totally agree. I mean, you're not going to take a book and like shuffle the pages and see, right. see what story comes out. You got to you got to listen to an album as if you'd read it just the same way you'd read a book. I like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Hey, um, when did you how long has it been now since you had moved to Philly? So like how many years is it now? So if you count the years that I was at Temple, I'm like just over a decade. Um, so I was here 2009 and did two years at Temple and then moved home for, cause I was there for almost two years, but I came back in 2013. So I've been here since March of 2013. So come up on eight years consecutive of like living out here. How do you think, here's a big question. How different do you think you would be now if you had never moved? So, so much different. It's actually, I've like, you know, just turned 30 and you get to this point where you're like reevaluating life and you're like, okay, what's next? Where do I go? Um, you know, what's in my future? And I just more recently, I've had a lot of like really deep, I feel like that's COVID has been good because it's brought a lot of things to the surface that I, I don't think if we were just on this like rat race of constantly moving that I would ever, you know, take the time to dissect and like reflect and look at my feelings, you know, for a, a while there, I was like, you know what, like, I'm out here and I'm, I'm going to eventually move out west. And I think with that was like some pressure of, okay, I'm away from my family. 
um, you know, and I came out here to kind of get away from, from things at that time. But then I realized like, you know, my support systems out here, I have such a good group of people. Like in my toughest times, I came out here for their support. So, you know, with me um, in the hair industry, like I have taken the time I've changed salons and have been able to reflect career-wise. I'm like, okay, I do want a salon of my own at some point. And, you know, why would I put pressure on myself to move home and open something up closer to family when I'd be starting over, when I have so much support out here, um, like my friends, you know, I spent so many holidays out here with their family. Like I have such a strong group of people. And that was one thing that like when Lana came out here and our good friend Michael came with, they were like, you know, it's so beautiful to like come and be a part of like your friend group. Like you guys really have such an amazing thing. Mm. And Michael had actually said something too, cause he had met, um, Will's friends as well. He's like, you know, he's like, we were always with people and like meeting friends back home um and in Seattle like he's got his group he's like but I kept waiting to like meet the asshole he's like all right yep this one's gonna be the asshole this one's gonna be the asshole and he's like I never met the asshole he's like you guys don't have that he's like you really have such a beautiful like support system that you have out here and everyone's unique and everyone does their own thing and everyone's supportive of one another mm-hmm. and so I just more recently like accepted like okay me moving away from home isn't me like running out on my my life before you know it's not like that's never me that never was me it's accepting like okay that was me and now I'm growing and changing and I'm moving in a different direction and it's okay to grow it's okay to change it's okay to you know be away from your family and not take the guilt of oh, you ran away from them. Like, no, like they're still my family. That's still my past. That's still part of me. But the best thing to do for myself is to do all that I can. That was actually, we um, did acid on New Year's Eve up in the mountains. It was all snowy. And um, I probably do it like once, twice a year. And I I'm, think that acid's such a beautiful thing because I always learn, it's like you unlock, like uh, you break a code or you get that extra little piece of the puzzle. You're like, oh, like, you've learned things about life. And the one thing that kept coming to me that night was to honor yourself. And Mm. I think that was like, you know, so often we're like worried about other people and like, I don't know, you get like stressed out. Like, and especially when you're like on drugs, it's like, Ooh, is she feeling okay? Do they feel okay? Are they? And it's like the most important thing for you to do is actually take care of you because if you're taking care of you, well, then you take out Cause I'm like, if I'm thinking this way about them, they're thinking the same way about me. So we'll never maybe meet that connection or that idea or that understanding of like, yeah, I'm good. If you're good, are you good? It's like, if I just do my part, that's all I really can do. That's all that's in my control. That really is benefiting everyone around me. So that was like a big takeaway from my acid New Year's trip. And that really has helped me to make the decision like, okay, I am okay being out here. It is, it's what's best for me. And it's like I said, it's not, taking away from anything that I was or, you know, any, I guess there's no regret to feel. And also like, yeah, it has changed me a lot, but it's changed me for better. Right. Yeah. That's so cool. I I like, I like that perspective because you know what, like if you're so concerned on like, what is this person thinking about me or like, what should I be doing differently? When you're really focused internally on like, okay, how, like, we're almost like inadvertently taught to reject that in a weird way, right? Yeah. Like we 
we it's it's almost like like you like i don't know self-care even like analyzing like oh like like how do, how do i honor myself what is that like who who ever asked themselves that how do i honor myself like how do you, like and how much better is your day if you wake up and you put both feet on the floor and you're like how could i honor myself today like how could i best honor like my internal being in the best of like what i want and then and then also i mean I, I, I think like allowing yourself to, I guess I'm just thinking about change and like how, how the, those moments can be truly powerful. Like a lot of, you know, uh, LSD or mushrooms, like a lot of times you could have those realizations that last, like they'll, they'll, you take them into your, your sober waking life so and it wow. changes kind of who you are. And it's like a, it's, it's like a little gift. And I think it's beautiful that you said, um, uh, like your, your perspective changing and growing about moving away from your hometown. Whereas you're like, Oh, was I running from something or felt that I was running from, from, from kind of my old life or trying to deny it or whatever. But I think that is the beauty of life. And especially our modern day lives is, is you notice that it's kind of in stages, you know, I, I look back at my old self and, and I'm like, Oh, like I, I'm not like that at all anymore. But instead of feeling shame for it, I'm like, Oh, I had to be that way. So now I could be like this. You know, yeah. I had to learn those lessons. So you kind of uh, st stop trying to like control so much and just kind of let, okay, what, that's what I needed back then at that age. But now that I'm this, this age, now that I'm 29, now that I'm 30, whatever, wh what do I need now? What's right yeah. for me going forward? Um, you know, it's like we, we do get too caught up with trying to, trying to fulfill something that's already left in a sense, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's that feeling of guilt. I realize, like, okay, so if I'm constantly in the state of feeling like, well, you know, I'm happy here and I'm progressing here and I'm doing better here, but, you know, I, sh I should move home because that's, you know, that's my family. Like, you know, I'm, I should be close to them. It's like, well, if I'm feeling guilt in the present moment about that, then I'm not really moving forward in the place that I'm actually, I'm staying here because I'm like, I have this guilt because I'm staying here because I'm doing well. So it's like, just accept what it is. And as soon as you let go of that, then you're able to actually reduce the guilt because you'll be moving forward and doing things that are better in your life that you, you don't have to feel bad because you're like, look, like, again, it's, if I'm taking care of me, that's the, you know, most important thing for my parents to feel like, okay, like we don't have to worry about Crystal. She's happy. She has a support system. You know, she's moving forward in her career. Like we don't have to worry about her. So that kind of helps to take care of that guilt that was hanging over my head the whole time. You know, so you actually, as soon as you do that, you can really do the things that you need to do in order to make yourself feel good because that's ultimately what we want for, you know, when you think about like caring for someone else too, it's like, you want them to be happy. But, and I feel like in relationships too, the honoring yourself is so important because so often, like when you look at arguments, when I reflect back to things I do and how I acted, I'm like, okay, was that actually, you know, the way that, did that happen because it happened and, you know, things were off or did that happen because you weren't taking care of you? And so you let things kind of spiral and get to a point where it's like, it's not your fault that I'm feeling like this. It's actually, it's my fault. So that has actually alleviated a lot of issues to, you know, you know, any sort of compromises or things that happen. Um, 
because you get to like reflect and be like, okay, like I actually wasn't taking care of myself. Like I wasn't working out and I was eating terrible. And, you know, and then I'm like, felt bad about myself. My confidence was down. And so then these little things you reflect like, and it's simple little things too, you know, like, I guess like little tips will happen. And it's like, are you mad at me? And it's like, well, if I'm asking, if you're mad at me, then is it something that I did or is it you're mad at me? You know? So I think it's really important to like honor yourself. And that has been something that has like stuck with me, like, wait, stop, reflect. Is this because of them or is it because you're not doing something for you? Yeah. That, that self-sovereignty is very important. Uh, yeah. I, I really like that perspective. I, yeah. Cause because, you know, we, we get older and we, we see young people, we'll, we'll see a little kid, you know, imagine a six-year-old girl throwing a fit and her mom's like, oh, she's super hungry. She needs a nap. She doesn't know because she's still young and her brain is still forming. And, and right. so, so she, she leans on her mother, her mom to like, oh, I'm, I'm grumpy and I need to eat. Okay. Thanks mom. Like you're going to make yeah. me a sandwich or whatever. But yeah. we get older and we kind of forget that we still kind of have these little, these little boy, little girl things going on. Like we'll be you know, we're, we're yelling at our significant other, we're kind of like being a dickhead to them. And then in the end, you, you know, and then you have a, a bowl of mac and cheese or something and you're just looking at him. I love this guy. Yeah. And he's so great, you know, and you just realize the whole time you're just kind of hungry, kind of hangry, you know, and, and it's, it really is, you know, you don't got to get mean to yourself about it, but it really, a lot of things, a lot of our emotions, a lot of our moods get carried away based off of you know, like you said, oh, I haven't been working out. I haven't been, I haven't been eating correctly. Um, you know, dude, if you drank alcohol last Saturday and now it's Wednesday, you still might be feeling some of the effects from that alcohol. Like, I mean, technically, scientifically, it's, you're still, you still are, but it's kind of hard to, a subtle body to notice. But um, yeah, we kind of have to, we have to police ourselves in, in a, maybe not police ourselves, but we just got to be aware that we're humans with emotions and, and emotions yeah. happen, you know? Well, and I actually had a really good conversation the other night too. We were just kind of talking about like, um, I don't know how to put it into words. We were talking about like how so often like our natural tendencies are to like do things so that we're comfortable, right? Like always making sure that we're comfortable. But, you know, when you really look at things like your growth and things that happen that are beneficial to you happen often when you're uncomfortable like when you're struggling like in times of like things that don't feel good a lot of good can come from so it's the importance of like accepting that struggle or accepting being uncomfortable and knowing that okay like it's not going to feel good but knowing that it's got a good outcome or there's something good to come of it so it's important to not always try to make ourselves like yep, I want to feel happy all the time. Or I want to feel good. I want to feel like secure. It's those moments where you aren't secure, where you are struggling, where you are, that helps okay. you to like, okay, how do I get comfortable from here? What do I need to do to make myself get to comfortable? Yeah. And as soon as you get comfortable, that's when you stop growing. So you always want to have that little push to like, okay, I'm comfortable now. How do I get uncomfortable again? So yeah. I can work toward that next stage of, all right, now I'm comfortable here. And, and you'll brush up against stuff that that's just saying, Hey, it's, it's time to grow. You got to grow from this. You know, yeah. it's, uh, my friend, Brandon and I, um, Brandon Cruz, who, uh, he runs wild productions. He, we made a, a, that, that video together yes. a couple weeks ago. He's super dope. Um, he's really good at what he does. But so we went snowboarding a few weeks ago and, uh, our vibe together, like when, when him and I are hanging out, dude, we're just 
we're seriously a couple of hippies. Like him and I just, we riff so well together that our heads are just way up in the clouds. Every, anytime we're hanging, um, he just brings me up super high. But uh, we, we get up there and we kind of got a, got a little bit of a late start. No complaints there. We were like, yeah, no big deal, whatever. Big, No, it's fine. We'll just eat breakfast and get on the road. Already started off to a good start. We get there and the parking lot's full. And so we had to park pretty far away. So we're like, ah, well, it looks like we're going to have to walk a little bit or we're going to have to park somewhere un- unideally and uh, catch a shuttle. We get our gear on and we're like talking to people and we realize that there's no shuttle. And it's about like a mile and a half, two miles um, uh, up to the to the lifts. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't even like we didn't even skip a beat. It was just we started we just started walking and uh, we were talking about it you know, we, we could have complained. We could have like walked up there and be like, this sucks, dude. Like, let's put our thumb out and try to get a ride or whatever. And we did get a little bit of a ride at the very end. But, um, but what I'm getting at is we, we started saying, uh, this thing that I kind of say to myself, but putting it into words out loud was this is not my preference. And, you know, you, you, it, it's crazy how powerful that is because we could be catastrophic about like, Oh my gosh, this thing is happening. Like this is the worst. But the truth is if you, if you can really just say, this isn't my preference, but I still am the one to deal with it. I'm still, I'm still the only person to have to go through this. Um, you know, you can't just, you can't put that over everything. Like someone who's experienced great le- levels of pain. You can't be like, well, you didn't get your preference, bro. But you know, th- there, no, there is, there is a lot of just realizing, you know, when you're being overly dramatic, when you're being overly catastrophic or, or overly, um, you know, moody or, or whatever it is, you just got to realize, oh, I'm just not getting my preference. And it's up to me how I respond to this thing. It's, it has nothing to do. There's no innate. It's uh, life is life is not happening to you. Life is happening for you. You know, it's your just it's your response to the things that are going on in the exterior world. Yeah, that's one thing that we talk about often, like living in a city, like there's times where you deal with traffic and like you can sit in that traffic and be like, what the fuck? Like, why isn't it moving? Like and get angry. But like, ultimately it's not going to change the outcome. So why spend that time just working yourself up when it's like, okay, I've learned this. Like I should leave an extra 30 minutes earlier. Like in this time, like, you know, let's maybe not plan to leave at this time. And, you know, you reevaluate things, but there's no sense in getting super, super worked up over something that's, you know, taking, it's up to you of how you respond to that. Mm, yeah, you really- Emotions are tough with that. It's always challenging yourself to, all right, check my emotions. I'm feeling this and like it could go to the extreme here. How can I bring it back in? Yes, absolutely. You, you, we, you've got to learn to self-regulate, especially in this modern, fast-paced technological world. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of information coming in, a lot of information going out. We've got to, we've got to self-regulate. We've got to honor ourselves. We've got to be polite to ourselves, you know, and just be like, oh, I was caught up in that. Oh, dang, I was just kind of angry. Hey, sorry, buddy. Like, sorry to do that. I'm uh, working on this, whatever. You know, most of the time, if, if this has to do with some sort of interaction or argument with another person or you're moody to another person, majority of the time you just tell them, you know, half hour later, hey, sorry about that, man. Just just kind of got hungry, little little cranky, didn't mean to yell at you or whatever it is. And most of the time they're like, oh, wow, thanks so much. No big deal. It's cool. I get angry too. So it's, a, it's like a, a revolving, it's a snowball effect, right? Like you can either have it snowball and have it be, you know, this huge, terrible thing, or you can have it snowball and like use that to help you build something. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I, so I wanted to switch, switch over to, you know, I, I always think of, of hairstylists are the ultimate counselors. Do you, do you ever like f- feel like that? And, and not in like a, oh man, everybody just comes in here and gets everything. But right now 
I feel like your you it seems to me like you would likely probably have to be focusing a lot on your on your like emotional physical health right now so you can show up as strong because people are going through it right now man everybody's going through it and when they sit in your chair like the, you might be one of the first people that like has really listened to them in a while and i'm sure naturally you know the beauty of of the the you know client customer relationship that you guys can have you know i'm sure you guys probably do get like, like, like pretty open with each other or, you know, the client gets open with you. So what, what have you noticed, you know, in the, I, I guess over, like over the course of all your years of, of doing this and doing hair and um, working with clients, but especially with COVID, like what, what's been coming up a lot and, and what have you found yourself, you know, giving advice for or saying a lot? This year has been very interesting because at the beginning, like March 15th was the day that we closed and we go from like I said, super fast pace, everyone's going and doing. Um, and then it was like, we didn't go back to work until June 23rd. So during those six months, and a lot of people are working from home during that time, you know, so they're, you know, things have changed and their day-to-day -day is much different, but they're still preoccupying their brain. So the beginning of COVID for me was like, okay, like how do I find something to make myself feel, you know, like I'm being productive. So, um, working out was a huge thing for me. Uh, I would like meet up with my friends. I'm like, all right guys, meet me on Zoom. And I would take them through a workout. And that was like what kept my sanity. And then fast forward to June and people are, you know, they're anxious to get their hair done. You have a whole mix of people. Some people are here and some people are down here. Some people haven't left their house or talked to anyone or gone anywhere. And some people are like, I can't fucking wait for this shit to end. So it's been interesting and each person's very different, but what I've found with being back and kind of the ups and downs, because then summer kind of hit. And like when I first went back, people were kind of lax because weather's nice, they're outside, they're able to kind of like let go of the COVID stuff a little bit, at least where it's not like thinking or like your every thought. And then move forward into like the past few months. And it almost feels like we've regressed in that sense where people are kind of, you know, they get scared again. We had the second wave of like people getting very sick and, um, you know, people are now been working from home. But the interesting thing is like a lot of people haven't had any like human, like touch, like actual mm -hmm. connection. So that's been something that I feel very privileged in a sense to be able to constantly have that human connection. And, you know, sometimes people are very wary and you can feel that, you know, like hesitancy and it's been, you know, talking to them about, you know, what's changed in their life, like how is it adapting to working at home? And, you know, some people are like, this is actually really nice. Like I get so much more work done. I get to have my morning breakfast and work out and like I'm on my own schedule. And some people are like, I am so sick. Like if I have to sit in my house, you know, having breakfast, lunch and dinner, and then I get off work and I'm still in that same environment, it's hard to separate the, the work and life balance. So all over the place with that. But, um, you know, I was anxious to come on here and talk and I'm like, why would I be anxious to talk? Like, this is what I do for a living. I literally like, that's what I do. And it's so, so nice. I feel like I learned so much from my clients and I in turn, you know, hope that they feel the same. Um, but it's really, really, it's rewarding. You know, you get to, when people have a bad day, you have to come in, you're like, all right, we're not going to talk today. You're just going to sit, you're going to enjoy this. I'm going to give you a nice head massage. And then, you know, you're going to feel elevated. By the end, they're talking, they're happy, they're smiling. Um, so that's that's really, really nice. Um, and too, it's like I get to like hear about all these good books to read and good movies to watch. And like that's been the whole topic of uh, 
go, what are you watching? I'm like, what haven't you watched? Like, so right. that's been a definite thing, but it's, it's nice too. And I always try to make a conscious effort to check in, like, how are you doing? Like, how's, you know, how's the pandemic affecting you? Like, mentally and physically and so it's been really really nice to be able to be going into work and talking to people and you know being that outlet for them to let loose whatever they're feeling yeah i'm sure chrisley you provide a lot of people with with immense value by just you know of course elevating them like making them look good which gives us more confidence um you know obviously just human touch getting that oxytocin the chemical release when we touch each other like um that trust of you know because standing in line six feet apart someone gets three feet and you're like what are you doing dude like aren't you doing we're doing the six feet thing don't you know and so really breaking those barriers i'm sure you probably noticed you know just the the tension in people's neck and shoulders and back of their head even just like from when they first sit down versus when they get up and um that's that's super wonderful you know i i think um comedians for example they bring you know they're they're telling a story but it's not so much about like the actual words they're using it's kind of about the feeling like they want to make people laugh they want to make people feel joy and however they can do that it's you know it's like everybody has their own specific you know authentic ways of doing that um, but yeah, in, in, in hairstylists, you know, you get to make people feel, feel joy and, and, and confidence. And I think it's really important, um, especially right now, because like I said, we're, we're separated. We're, we're not touching each other. We're not, I, I, uh, yesterday I, I went to piano lessons yesterday and, um, I had met her, uh, boyfriend or husband for the first time. And without thinking about it, just because I was like in their, in their home, she just does piano lessons at her house. I was like, oh, hey, you know, hey, man, nice, nice to meet you. And I, I shook his hand. And then right afterwards, I was like, crap, like, I, I feel bad because I hope I wasn't just too intense yeah. for him. And so he's like, oh, crap, I'm going to, you know, because th- there's this weird unspoken, I want to respect your boundaries because I understand if you're totally terrified still because, you know, I've been there with the COVID stuff. So it's still this interesting thing. So it's very cool that you can really break down a lot of those barriers by just doing what you do and showing up and doing it well and just being there for them, holding that space. It is really nice. Um, And it is like, it's always, it's tough because there's this like level of like, all right, I, and my clients are coming in like, can I hug you? And like, I'm like at this point where, you know, we're wearing masks, we're, you know, protected while we're there. I'm like, yes, like if you want a hug, I will give you a hug. but with that too, like there's, there's so much where people, like you can tell, like they'll first come in and they may feel some way. And then by the end, they feel another for instance, the other day I had a client and I like COVID, um, not that I like COVID, but I'm thankful for COVID slowing us down in the sense of like, I really do like, I take more time and just like thinking about like what people are going through and I like reach out to people. So it's not so much about like, Oh, did I make them feel pretty? It's like, you want to connect with people. You want to check in and see how they're doing. And uh, this woman, I hadn't seen her for a while and she crossed my mind. So I was like, I'm just going to shoot her a text. And she's like, Crystal, you must have ESP or or something because she's like, I was just thinking about you. She's like, I'm actually going to call this afternoon to make an appointment. She's like, I've been having like a really tough couple of months and um, I'm just really thankful you reached out. So felt super good about that. She came in the other day and um, I never, with COVID um, restrictions, I try not to have too many people in at once, but it was just me and one other stylist. So I was finishing up with my client and her color was processing. 
And so I'm finished up and I come over and she's like, Hey, she's like, I'm sorry. She's like, I have to be out by this time. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like I felt bad that like, I, I felt I didn't like ask her when, you know, when she had to be out and it's never usually a thing. Um, and you know, we talked and like had a good start to our thing, but at the end, like I was like, all right, well, let me just trim you. Like I'll get you blow dried so you can leave out. And like she left and I was just like, I felt so unsatisfied because she had earlier reached out, you know, saying she was going through a lot. And I felt like I couldn't give that last final, like, you know, I was rushing through that end. I didn't get to take my time and I wanted to make her feel good. Right. So a couple of days go by and just last night I was like, all right, I'm going to send her a text because we talked about a book that I had read and I was like, she likes some like historical fiction. And I read this awesome book about World War II and it's like a romance novel. So just sent her a picture of it. I was like, hey, I was like, just want you to know I'm thinking about you. Like, um, I'm so bummed that I didn't get to take the time to, you know, give you a good full service. And she's like, I was actually just going to text you. She's like, I'm so sorry. She's like, I shouldn't have left like that. She's like, and you know, she's like, I'm just going through so much and like my emotions are all over. So it was just nice to like have this full circle thing of, you know, checking in and wanting to make her feel good. And then I felt like I let myself down because I was like, oh, I'm going to make her, I'm going to change her day around. Yeah. And then I didn't do that. And then I'm like, shit. So oh, it's been all good though. Like, yeah. so it, people are feeling a lot right now. Um, but it's nice to be able to take that step and kind of push the boundaries on things to help yeah. them. Yeah, we, we, we really put a, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves right now, don't we? You know, it's like, so I mean, in, in such a, it's such a beautiful thing, though, that you really approach, approach your job, you know, in, in as many aspects as you can as, you know, I, I get to improve this person or improve this person's day. I get to like talk to them. I know they're going through some stuff. We can chat about it and it's going to help them out or whatever. And, and you want to show up as that, as that person. And then it's also cool, just like we were saying, you know, sometimes we get a little moody or sometimes we get a little caught up or sometimes we get, you know, there's a lot going on right now. It's, it's, yeah. immense. it's crazy. Yeah. And so the fact that you guys are able to, after a couple of days, text each other or contact and say like, Hey, it's all, it's all good. You know, it's all, um, you know, like I was thinking about you, you know, it's, yeah. I, I think that's, that's, that's pretty powerful. It's something to remember, you know, with, with all the news media and, and social media, there's very much this narrative that we all know of, you know, us versus them or the other guys or the bad guys or they or them or whatever. And I think we've got to remember that we're all part of this. We're all like, we all have almost, almost a responsibility just as like citizens to each other of remembering like, Hey, we're all going through this right now. We're all going through some level of this. Like, you know, like you said, some people are doing really well from this. Some people needed this time in, in, in interiorly and in, in to uh, take the time with themselves and self-assess and readjust and maybe re wonder why they're doing their business or reassess their business, whatever it is. But a lot of people, you know, especially extroverted people, I, I feel like who are used to being around all, all day or being around other people where we're all just going through it. So if, as long as we can we can always cut through the bullshit of what everybody says we should be caring about and just, you know, you know, put your hand on their forearm and say, Hey, are you good? Cause I got you. If not, like, if you need to talk, let's go talk, you know? And that's and with that, when you're reaching out making sure that you're coming from a place that you can, that you can, I guess, make sure that you take the time for yourself and that you can see like when you're feeling off that you don't extend you know, can't pour from an empty glass. I always say mm -hmm. like, if you're struggling, don't be afraid to, you know, take the steps to take care of that because it's important because otherwise you try to fix the way you're feeling by, all right, let me, let me do this for them. Let me do this for, 
you know, let me make her feel better. And if you're not doing that for yourself, then you really can't give to others because you'll just deplete yourself. And that's when you, you know, get to the tough point of like, okay, like how do I move forward from here? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very true. Taking care of yourself is the best way to take care of other people. You know, you've got to, you got to take care of this vessel before you can, you, you yeah. can help other people take care of theirs. That's for sure. Um, Hey, uh, do you remember when we went, uh, it was, it's been, I don't remember how many years it's been quite a few years now, but I went over after one of, one of my shows, I think I was working in Atlantic city. Oh yeah. 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 I was working in Atlantic city and came back over and then dude, we just had such a good time. I mean, I totally agree with what, uh, Mike and Lana were saying about your friends, like literally just such wonderful people, like all Will's friends, just so welcoming. I felt like I had like a, like such a vibe with everybody. Everyone was so accepting all your friends. all It was so great. Everybody was so wonderful, but, uh, we, we went to, so one cool place we went to was, uh, like, uh, a, a thrift store where we found a sweatshirt oh. kelso high which is wild oh, right? that was wild and then also uh remember the the warehouse like okay you know what's so crazy the yeah. warehouse that you walked in and it was like the secret room there's that swing and the bar and it's yeah. dark like there's literally a dude who's like right this way and he's like moving plywood <laughs> over it's like it was so crazy i have like i'm like trying to figure out what i have to like send a text and be like yo really where was that because that was the most like I felt like we were on like a little magical. We went in another dimension. Yeah. Okay. Okay. D- describe this. Uh, w- we'll mention the the Kelso sweatshirt thing, but describe this. Okay. So we're out. We're having drinks. You know, we went to a couple yeah. different places. We had a, a really super fun night. Honestly, it was a great yeah. night. The bars open at t- or close at two. So I remember it was like getting close to two o'clock, and um, I have a lot of friends in nightlife, and they're like, "Oh, we can go to this spot," and so I feel like it was on um columbus boulevard which is down like south philly there's a bunch of like larger big buildings um it's like a warehouse and there's a front entrance i think it might have been um it's like a strip club now in the front part Hmm. but there's a back door entrance and so we went up that and you like walk up the stairway and then it's like an empty hallway and there was like you know some windows at the end but the one door you open and then you're in like a it was probably like 800 square feet yeah. um dark there was a bar it was like i feel like it was like very like black and red and yeah, yeah. very dimly lit and then that little stage with like a, the big wooden swing yes and um yeah i mean very cool people very very chill but I, we went there for a couple hours and continued our our night on i have to double check and see where that is though because yeah. that's like one of the mysteries of my dude that place that place was so inspiring to me i remember i feel like my my last house in in the basement like my um like little studio i had there i was very inspired by that that night that we had like because i remember they had this section of the wall where people had written kind of like profound you know like like hippie philosophical thoughts or like kind of shower thoughts yeah and then there and then there's actual like beautiful art too and it was just this there's like always something to look at and you're you like reading profound things as you're, and it, it had this very, it also had this very like VIP experience to it in, in a weird, like, yes. yeah, it, it was, um, yeah. And, and so, uh, that, that experience was just, was just wild. Like how our night just, just trickled there. And it was this little hole in the wall for like a certain amount of people at a certain time in the night. And 
man, that was cool as shit. That was like the best way to, I don't know if that was my first time in Philly, but it was second time maybe. Yeah. I think it was your second actually. Um, because I was at my new apartment with Melissa, but that's the thing that I love about Philly is like, like I said, I came out here and you know, I had softball. So it was nice. I had my group of people, but I always say like, if you're coming here, like no matter what you're into or, um, what your beliefs are or what kind of music you like, what, whoever you want to be, there is something here for you. Mm. And like food, there's so much good food. There's so, it's just so diverse and there's so much opportunity for you to truly be yourself. That's why I will forever appreciate Philly for allowing me to become me here. There was no like cookie cutter way. You have to do it like this. It's like, come as you are. Yes, I, I agree with the good food. Shout out stuffed buns for sure. Uh, yeah. We went to a couple other good, a uh, couple of really good places too. But uh, we we talked about this actually. Like, I called you not long after after my, not really that recent anymore. But after my last my breakup, I called you, and that was a lot of what our conversation was. Is is kind of I, I was like, I you know, I kind of want to like get out of here. I kind of want to like just go experience the world. I want to want to check it out. I want to see what's up. And, and that was a lot of the, a lot of our conversation is kind of like, um, how, how freeing it can be to, you know, not just leave your hometown, but, but to go to a place that is so accepting of like you just being the fullest extent of your being. And that's, I I totally get that vibe from Philly. I I felt, felt very comfortable there. Everybody was very welcoming. I, I didn't feel, um, there's no like tension I had. I just felt like I could just try to, you know, be myself, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. I think the challenging thing in, in any situation and, and, you know, as you, we, we're supposed to change, we're supposed to grow. And I think the hardest thing is, you know, we do that at different rates. So it's tough when you're around people who are always there and they're like, wait, you're, you don't think like that, or you don't, you don't do that. Like, I know you. That's it's hard thing. to break. Yeah. It's hard to break down yourself when you're constantly being challenged by the people around you so that's the one thing the people that I have here I'm so thankful for them like a lot of my connections started because of the girls I played softball with and like I said I just saw the one um did her hair yesterday and she went from you know being she was in communications just doing whatever and now she's going to school for nursing my other friend Rachel um she went to school and now has a food truck like we all have like gone to school, done our thing. And then we're like, Oh, pivot. We're going to do this. I became a hairstylist. Like, so we're always, and we're always there to support each other. Like, and that's, I think the important thing is being around people who, when you do change, it's not like, why are you changing? It's like, all right, what can we do to help? Like, Mm. you know, we're behind you. Like, you know, and there's always going to be times again, like getting uncomfortable times of struggle times of, you know, doubt. And in those times it's about being like, open to accepting that like okay this is part of it this should be happening like that it's okay that you feel that way it's okay that you're questioning this like I understand why you're thinking that way however you know you can do this or that and so it's important to be able to accept someone else changing you know and understanding what you know going through that can be like and just to just support so yeah what people what, what, what came up for me is the, uh, I forget who exactly has said it this way, but um, courage is action in the face of fear, not the absence of fear. And I think that sometimes certain people, like just off of their reactions to like you, what you tell them or what you're doing with your life, like um, how incredibly encouraging it can be to still take action in the face of fear 
when just one person is like, all right, bro. I was like, yeah, maybe you should give that a shot. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You, you were, yeah, I think you'd be good at that. Cool. You know, and that could be, like, that could seriously spark an entirely different life path for someone by just having someone that's encouraging or not. Um, you know, I, I find, I find, you know, let's say family, for example, family can sometimes be the first people to say, you know, like, Ooh, are you sure you want to do that, hon? You know, are you sure you want to be, because they care about you. They, they don't want you to, they don't want to see you fail. They don't want to see you, you know, run out of money. They don't want to see you whatever. Um, because you know, they love you how you are and they're, they're like, well, you stay the same and that'll be fine. And you're great how yeah. you are. Why would you want to change? But if there's something internally where you're wanting to, to grow, to change, to explore new sides of yourself, to step into a new stage of your life, um, that one person who, who is just saying, Hey, like it, I, I would accept you if you did that. Yeah. I, I think it'd be cool if you tried to do that. That that can be very, very encouraging. Absolutely. And I think too, it's like, you know, with the comfort thing, it's like, okay, I feel like I can level myself up if I do this. However, it's going to set me back financially, or it's going to take a few years for me to get there. It's like some people are scared to get out of their comfort zone and take that risk of, you know, seeing what they're capable of. And so I think it's important to keep people around you that keep you grounded. You know, they're not like, all right, quit your job and go, you're going to write a book, you know, but also if you eventually want to write a book, it's, you know, okay, what can we do to help you push the boundaries and allow yourself to be able to, you know, take those chances. Right. Yeah. In, instead of, you know, where, whereas some relationships you'll be around that are just like, you're going to write a book. What do you have to write about? You know, or the, the, just kind of like, like back, back to where you were saying, you know, people accidentally, like they think they know everything about you. You know, it's, it's just like when you go to your family, family Thanksgiving, sometimes your uncle sees you as the 16 year old version of yourself and not like the grown ass 30 year old adult, you know? So oh, yeah, totally. yeah. B b being, being around like-minded people. And, you know, I, I think more and more people are doing that. I think, uh, you know, as, as maybe it's just something that happens with age too, as you kind of grow out of your own, like you know, young bullshit even, or your young, your, your young, um, non-believing in yourself you start a cart you kind of start to notice that you enjoy being around people who are encouraging for your future self not just the person who they wish you would stay yeah absolutely i think that's one thing like i say too with like family you know it's tough because your family is your family and like that's you know we grow up and of course like we're influenced by them and i think the important thing is like you know i have a lot of friends who have you know found out that you know things that they've been doing or the direction that they're going isn't for them or you know their sexual orienta orientation is different than what they've exposed and so i think it's hard um to press the boundaries and to sometimes your family who you are the closest with are the hardest ones to be able to open up to who you really are so it's important to be able to look at things and you know find a balance and like just because you may do something that they may not see in that moment as what's right. If you know that it's right for you, it's important to be able to take those steps and to, you know, keep pushing one foot in front of the other. And maybe right away they won't see that it's right. But if you're doing what's right for you, then you will never be let down, you know? So, and I think a lot of people have gotten to that point where, you know, it's either scary or they're unsure. And, you know, maybe there are some wavering things, um, 
that are tough. Like for me personally, like moving out here, it was like, okay. And then when are you coming home? When are you coming home? When are you coming home? And then to finally be like, okay, you know, like I, I'm really happy here. I have a good support system. Like, and then with that, they're like, we're so proud of you. Like, we don't worry about you. It's nice that you you have these people never like concerned about if you're okay, we know you're okay. So, you know, those things that were really tough and that I was super, you know, scared to like, finally be like, I don't, I don't know when I'm coming home. That was like when they were like, we know you're all right, you know? So Mm -hmm. just pushing past those boundaries. And then if people don't support you, then, you know, it's it's their loss. And at some point they'll either see that, oh, you know, they made the mistake um, or they'll see things your way. And that's, you know, that can come, but it's just important to live authentically to yourself because that's at the end of the day at our, our last, I guess, decision-making and things like that. If you do things that feel good for you. Right. Yeah. You've got to trust that, that inner guidance, that inner intuition, that, you know, your soul, your essence, your whatever you want to call it, whatever feels right to you. I mean, we, we all have some sort of connection to, regardless of how you get there, whatever wordings, like some internal being of like, this doesn't feel right. You know, this is where your gut feeling is. It's where your, like your, your ultimate decision-making when it's not based off of just trying to impress other people or do what other people want for you. There, there is, we all have this thing where this feels right for me. So I need to do it. And yeah, I think it's very, we should definitely encourage people to, to lean into that. And then also encourage, um, try to notice when we're maybe accidentally being a little like holding on a little too tight, maybe as family members or something, or, or even friends and just allowing people to, to follow their intuition, I think is, is very important. Um, Hey, I was thinking, so you've, you, I think you you were probably pretty young when you started softball. You've been into sports for a long time. So what was your transition like a- after sports? Like what what was that about? Because you, and you can give like a little bit of a bio for people who don't know like any of your um, accolades when it comes to, to sports and then kind of what was your transition out of that? Yeah, so um, it's interesting. I traveled all my weekends in high school. I was playing travel softball and knew I wanted to get a scholarship. I had no idea what I, what I wanted to go to school for, but I knew I wanted to play softball. Um, so I ended up getting a couple different offers. A lot of East Coast schools, I got recruited late in my um, senior year. And when I was really, I was two or three, my dad worked for Boeing. So we were actually, we lived in Philadelphia for like a year, two years maybe. Um, That's so why I viewed some schools in like South Carolina or North Carolina, uh, New York and Philly and just really matched with the people when I came on my official visit. And also I was like, all right, like I lived here when I was younger. Like it felt like it was a part of me somehow. So um, came here freshman year, had a great year. Um, Sports wise, academically wise, I really struggled. I thought I wanted to do physical therapy. And then I found out with traveling and playing sports, very, very difficult. Um, Just high demand of a lot of like studying, a lot of labs and stuff. So then my sophomore year, um, it's really interesting. My coach was like, all right, look, I want you to get tested. And um, he's like, I think you have ADD. Like I want you to get on medication. So that was a whole whirlwind of thing that year. I look back at the amount of Adderall that they put me on and I'm like, it's literally insane. I was on like 80 milligrams a day. I would take, we'd wake up at 5 a.m. for weights and then you would go to classes 
And then um, we had to take a bus out to Ambler, which was like a 35 minute ride. So after class is 2.30, you catch the bus, you go practice, you get home around like eight o'clock at night and then you study and then you go to bed and you wake up and do it again, traveling on weekends for games and stuff like that. Um, but when I started the um, medication, they would have me take two 20 milligrams in the morning and then two in the afternoon. And I was just like a fucking machine. Yeah. That's and you know, school, I would switch to communications because they're like, it's the easiest thing to um, do if you're unsure about what you want to do with that or with school wise. And so I invest, like I was in the best shape of my life, but also just so unhealthy. Um, you know, naturally like, we had the partying and stuff like that, but um, just like I was running on amphetamines and right. I'd go to the gym in the morning and work out. Uh, for like our actual weights and then by the time I was getting done I saw so much energy that I would go and run you know three miles on the treadmill before I went in and then studying and then you're waking up and doing it all over and then I got injured um, my freshman year I had retore my knee and that was a quick fix but that was at the end of the season sophomore year pretty early on I um, had hurt my shoulder when I went in for my MRI they were like yeah like you tore your, um, partially tore your rotator cuff, but you're young, like you should be able to rehab and um, be able to play. So spent all this time like rehabbing. And I remember I was getting ready for, uh, to get Clarence to play, felt good. And I threw one last ball at the end and um, I like just a shooting pain. And I like played up, I'm like, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm good. Like, yep, ready to go. And I get to the bus and I remember calling my dad just sobbing. I'm like, I'm not okay, like I'm so hurt. Like. And he's like, you know, like, tell them that you're, you're not feeling right. And it's been like, at this point, probably three months of me rehabbing. And I'm like, in my head, they're telling me that I should be fine. So I'm like, am I hypochondriac? Like, is there something wrong with me? And um, so I finally told, went into the office. I'm like, I, I can't fake this. Like, I really, I'm in a lot of pain. So I went in and I did a, a contrast like a die contrast MRI and they're like we're so sorry you actually have a fully torn label and a partially torn rotator cuff and we have to do surgery and so when I was going in for consultation about that they're like you have like a 70% recovery rate and I'm going from being you know a full ride starting player to we don't know it depends on your recovery what will come after this right. you know and at that time too I had um, my mom was home and I had an older brother who's, um, had years of issues with addiction and, uh, I just felt like my mom really needed me then. So I was there, like I said, I went there to play softball and school was kind of like, all right, like I'm doing this because that's the route that you're supposed to take without any, like, I guess, real idea of knowing what I wanted for myself. So when I had that opportunity to reflect and look at things, I was like, all right, I'm going to go be, I'm going to go help my mom. Like I'm going to go be there for her, be close to my family. And so moved home right away, um, dealt with my injury. And, and that was a big part of it too, was going from like taking all that Adderall and then coming home to a normal day where I'm not waking up at 5am and I'm not, not doing stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm still taking this. I felt like a crazy person. So it was a long time of adjusting to just normal life. Um, and I had moved in at home first and then like my mom and I 
didn't it didn't work with us um, being home. So I moved out, moved up to Bellingham. That's why I was in Bellingham for about six months. And then I was getting to the point where I'm like, okay, like what's next for me? I thought I was going to go to school right away. Again, still hadn't figured out what I wanted to do. And um, with the shoulder being such a, like I couldn't reach my back seat for the longest time. And so I didn't think hair never even crossed my mind. So it wasn't until I'd been home. Um, and again, my sister and I were going to move in with my mom for a little bit. And she's like, oh, like this situation came up and we ended up getting a lease for, um, in Kelso for a year. And after that I was like, okay, well, like, let's figure out like what comes next for you. You know, a lot of was kind of in the same situation where she had gotten her associates and she was going to go to a four year and we were both like, what do we want to do? And I still had a bunch of connections from the girls that I played with. They're like, come out here, move back. Like, we want you back out here. And so I was just looking for myself at that point. So I loaded up the car, loaded up the dogs. Lana came with me. And it was like a good, let's see, that was 2013. So like good three years of kind of just stumbling around. I worked, I got a good job with um, some friends working as a staffing coordinator just because of connections. And it wasn't until I was doing that for a year, had to take out my piercings and hide my tattoos. And I remember I like shaved the side of my head. They're like, um, can you part your hair the other way? And I finally one day was like, fuck it. Like, I don't want to be someone I'm not every day. So I looked into um, hair school. I thought I wanted to go for makeup at first and then um, got there and totally fell in love with the hair thing. And looking back, I'm like, for all the dances, for all, like I used to be, getting ready in college and my friends be like, can you do my makeup and do my hair? And I found like, guys, like I'm not getting anyone ready because I'm always getting you ready. And then you're like, come on, Crystal, we gotta leave. So it's always been a passion, but it was really nice. It took a good three years to find like my, something that I was good at, a passion, something that made me feel as good as, you know, playing softball did. So definitely a whirlwind of trial and error and it just kind of stumbled into it. And then once I found out that that was something that I could do and feel good and got excited about, then it was just hit the ground running. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think stumble through is the perfect word for it because, you know, you, you think you're going to have this certain trajectory or you don't even think about it and you're just doing, you're just like waking up as the machine every day, just working because you're accomplishing this goal that you set out to do like, way back when you were younger when you started in, in sports or whatever um and then you and then you, you like like you said you you couldn't even reach back into your back seat let alone think about like styling someone's hair and, and here you are now so it's it's crazy how how life works like that isn't it you know we we don't really know how how we're gonna get there you just kind of have to i guess trust or or have, have a little faith that it's gonna be okay or that you know if you just kind of keep going you keep chugging along you keep like trying to listen to the to the friends to the voices to the intuitions whatever um and you'll kind of find yourself in a seat at some point absolutely do you I think it's a lot of like not beating yourself up like you know there's times where like i said like you have a full rank scholarship you're supposed to go to school that's what you're supposed to do so i spent a lot of time like did i fuck up like did i ruin everything because i didn't push through because i let my injury just kind of control because I let, you know, my worry of my home life, you know, control things. And it's that exact thing that I'm like, I would not be where I am today had I not made those decisions, had I not chosen to do things the way that I did. So it's, you know, finding 
taking your mistakes or taking your decisions and reflecting and finding out, you know, well, what was that for? What was the purpose of that? And then, you know, using those to, there's certain things that really are eating you alive and decisions that you don't like that you can't live with. Like, okay, well, how do I make sure that doesn't happen again? So I think that's the important part, but ultimately again, the struggle and the uncomfortability is all, all worth something. It all gets you somewhere. So it's not to put down feeling doubt or uncertainty and things like that, but to find, okay, well, how do I make myself feel more certain to feel less doubtful? Yeah. You know, and I, I think just by you sharing, sharing your story of like, you know, I kind of like, I ended up in a place that, that feels pretty right. I think that's, you know, that in itself is, is helpful to people because, you know, a lot of people are going through it right now and a lot of people are, you know, maybe they're, they're in that few year period of like, man, what do I want to freaking do? Like, what's, what do I, what's going on? What should I do with my life or what, what, what would fulfill me? And uh, I think just knowing that you, you don't always get the answer super quick. You don't always even get the answer. So I, I, I guess like you just kind of keep stumbling through and, and eventually you, you can get in a place where you sit back and, and realize, okay, I mean, this is, of course I'm here because of, of course everything has led me to this spot and this is right where I'm supposed to be. So, hey, uh, I, I, did have, I did have a question on um, uh, um, Adderall. So, because th- this is always a touchy subject because I'm, I always, you know, try to give my recommendations or my advice of what I've experienced, but I'm also like, I'm not a fucking doctor. Like, be careful, you know, whatever. But um, I've, I've talked about me before, I was, there was a while where I was on 20 milligrams. I would take two tens a day and mm-hmm. then I lowered it back down. And, and that was, that was just too much. Um, and I lowered it down to, I was down to, I think I went to 15 for a while and then to 10 and it was mainly 10. And then I decided I wanted to, to get off of it. I wanted to like try to, you know, work on things like meditation and in yeah. other ways of, of controlling my attention span, my focus, um, by uh, even kind of sometimes like combating a weird your attention span doesn't keep up and so you get suddenly immensely tired like brick walls and Adderall helped with that which is you know the amphetamines in it but so so I trickled down and then I've been off it for years now but I'm always kind of like trying to flirt with how can I recommend you know if anybody else wants to get off of it without saying like hey quit your medication or, yeah. or whatever. So do, do you have any things like, like when you were lessening your dosage and stuff, did you have anything that, that seemed to help? It's so tough. I mean, when I first was doing it, it was just the, dis- or the understanding of like, okay, like I'm not crazy. This is making me feel this way. Um, so I remember just cutting everything in half. Like I simply, I was like, okay, I'll take one in the morning and take one in the afternoon. And I found that I'm like, I still feel the effects of it, cutting it in half, you know? Um, And I feel like for a while, like you just, it's really hard when you're coming off because you feel like tired, you feel unmotivated, you feel like unproductive compared to when you are on it. Um, I think it's like the same thing with trying to quit any drug, like just know that it's so rewarding to cut yourself off and that you're capable of living life without it. And like now, like there are times where I'm like, Ooh, I didn't want to clean the house. Like I'm going to get an Adderall for my friend. And I'm going to take a half and I'm going to, you know, do everything. But I think about like when I was on it, like that half an Adderall was just for me to, or that Adderall then was just for me to get through my day. So it's interesting to see how much that it really does affect you and how much it 
really doesn't affect you. It's like with anything, you build up an immunity to it. And like, you know, it's like with any drugs that one dose will, the first time you take it, you're like, whoa, I feel like I can fly. And then that one dose becomes, okay, I need a little bit more actually. And then you need a little bit more. So it's going to be this constant like revolving door of need a little bit more, need a little bit more. So I just really think it is like, it's tough and it's, it's hard for like the first you know, couple of months, honestly, adjusting to not having it because it's hard to like get out of bed and get moving. And then you second guess like, oh, if I would have taken it, I would have done so much more. But like, honestly, would you have? Probably not. Like there's so much when I compare to like what I actually got done with it versus what I could accomplish without it. It's kind of the same. Yeah. Like, like maybe you didn't feel as up, up and intense. Yeah. Maybe I wasn't like up. But yeah, yeah. We're, we're always trying to, to get to the most optimal comfort or, you know, this, this that same place in us that wants that, that high in a sense too. Um, but, but I think, you know, we have our society, it seems like so many people, you know, th- because the internet is so available to us because, you know, like in anybody who's going through some sort of symptoms can follow, you know, a few weeks of YouTube rabbit holes. And then they're like, whoa, okay. I didn't realize it before, but I have ADHD or whoa, I didn't realize it, but I'm OCD or whatever. And th- th- there's, there's some extent, which is very good because people are like, oh, wow, Jesus, now I can find ways of helping me. I can find communities that are of people like me and listen to how they have, um, you know, help, help their, their similar issues. But uh, I, I think a lot of us, we we really latch our identity onto like, I am someone with ADHD. If yes. I didn't have this, you wouldn't want to be around me. If I didn't have this, yes. I would get nothing done. If I didn't have this, I would never get out of bed. And, you know, maybe this is really genuinely, genuinely the case for some people. And, and if that is so, I, I provide you with, with uh, sympathy for sure. But yeah. I, I think that being able to talk about, um, you know, be, being able to get off of these things like you don't you don't necessarily have to to live on, on high high doses of of things that if you've learned like oh it's just not really working for the stage of my life anymore like you had changed stages in your life yes. and it just wasn't really working to try to take the 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 nos before work every day you know yeah well i mean i think too it's like it's the same way though i mean like coffee like I'm like, I have coffee every single day, you know? Obviously, and it's something yeah. that I'm like, if I don't have it, to me, it's not like, oh, I didn't get anything done. I will be like, oh, I have a headache because I didn't have coffee. And like, I make up these things in my head, but really it's like, I probably am just dehydrated. Like, so there's always something and don't get me wrong. I'm the first person to like, have a caffeine headache. And then I look, I'm like, no, I'm dehydrated. But in that moment, you're like, no, I have a headache because I didn't have caffeine. So we're always constantly, you know, making things that we're always looking for validation or for answers, if you will, as to why we do or why we feel or why. But then when you reflect, I think that's the important part is to then reflect on what you say in that moment. Is that actually the reality of what was what I was experiencing and what was going on? Well, well, and I think practice is something that's, you know, for, for all of these things, like, have you, have you practiced attention? Cause attention is a skill, you know, yeah. and for me, like after I had like weaned off Adderall and even while I was still, still on it, I was starting to try to sharpen my focus, try to sharpen my attention. You know, I would, I'm trying to watch this, you know, video, this audio engineering video or whatever. And 
I have the urge to like, oh, I want to go grab my phone or like, oh, I want to like, let's scroll through social media. But that's a moment where you've got to be like, oh, this is where I'm training my attention. So I'm going to say no to that feeling. And I'm going to say, nope, Jake, you're going to focus your attention on this video right now. Oh, you're floating away again. Cool. I'm going to find a way to keep focusing. I'm now going to get a piece of paper and write notes about this thing so I can focus and train my attention. So, you know, a, a lot of these, a lot of our, you know, um, psychological, just they're not they're not bad things they're not burdens they're not it's just just how we are you know just some people are certain ways and cool this you know you're you're handed in life when you come into life you're handed with like here's here's what you're dealing with and you find a way to deal with it and that's that's your burden burden to shoulder that's your um you know thing to carry and i think that a lot of times we learn about them or like oh i have adhd and then we're like well now I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to go to the doctor and he's going to tell me what to do. And realistically, there's a whole other side of this of, you know, get your medication. You know, if it helps you, that's great. But also be wondering, okay, how can I insert ways to focus, ways to, how can I try to improve my memory? You know, and there's, there's literally apps for improving your memory now and, and all this stuff. So th- there is ways to kind of, you know. Talk to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You grow. You're 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 cooler on the other side of it because you you've grown now too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, um, my friend, we are getting up here in time. Um, I know uh, the El Nai is on her way to the East Coast, so yes. uh, I I will let you go here shortly. Um, I just want to say I really appreciate you coming on, Crystal. Um, I really appreciate you, you doing this. I know that you communicated you were you were nervous about it, which I I totally get that. So thank you for um, having courage in the face of that of that nervousness so you made me comfortable so yeah good i'm glad you were comfortable i think you you got it you got some good advice for people and um it it was nice to have you on here and let's end with i've been trying to mix up my last questions i always like those um what here's what okay what has um this last year in meaning let's say since covid and the changes that it that it threw all over world what has it taught you about yourself Um, I feel like one of the biggest things, and it's like me now transitioning to like, I'm comfortable with work and I'm happy I'm doing it. No one's going to do anything for you. Like if you want something, if you want to get it, no one's going to do it for you. So, and it's hard because sometimes you feel like, well, I don't have the resources or like, I don't have the knowledge of that. Or like, I'll never be able to read enough to know the business side of things or whatever it is. Like you have everything within you to get what you want. So don't limit yourself because of what you think that you aren't capable of. Um, I think it's allowed me to, like I said, like if you want something, go get it. And I'm currently in that, that phase of realizing like, okay, don't think that you're not able to do something because it never seemed feasible before. You're the only one standing in your way. Mm. Massive, massive. I love that. That was like such a perfect answer. Okay, Crystal. Thank you so much. Listeners, take care of yourselves. Um, check out Crystal's uh, Instagram if you want to see her her hair. And remember that when you're looking at those pictures, there's so much more than just the picture. Um, and, and message her if you're in Philly and you need your your weave done. Hit her up. Um, love you, Jake. Thank you so much. Yes, love you, sis. Thank you. Have a good rest of your day. Give my best to Will and Lana. I will. I'll talk to you, you soon. Conversations Bye-bye. with ourselves. Bye-bye.